Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, Bethany family. I must tell you that this morning I'm having a very unique experience. As I look out into the congregation, I see four teddy bears, two pigs, pictures of two former pastors of Bethany Covenant Church, and three members of our worship community, all of whom are wearing masks. I miss you all. I can hardly wait till you come back. The psalm for this morning has already been read in the worship service. So would you pray with me as I begin to unpack the sermon for the day? Heavenly Father, may we be instructed by your word, empowered by your Holy Spirit, and led by your Son, Jesus, our Lord. By your grace, make us whole and gracious, not only with one another, but with all others. May we be caught up in our hearts by your heart, so that we will be eager to do your will in our fragile and broken world, bringing honor to you and to your Son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. This preaching series on the Psalms of Lament began last Sunday with a personal and confessional lament, both King David's and my own lament. I have named this series Praying the Blues, and I told you I would tell you more about why this week. Here is one story about how the blues began as told in a series published by PBS, and I read, On a lonely night in 1903, W.C. Handy, the African-American leader of a dance orchestra, was stuck, waiting for a train in the hamlet of Tutwiler, Mississippi. With hours to kill and nowhere else to go, Handy fell asleep on a hard wooden bench in the empty depot. When he awoke, a ragged black man was sitting next to him singing about going where the southern cross the dog and sliding a knife against the strings of a guitar. The musician repeated the line three times and answered with his instrument. Intrigued, Handy asked what the line meant, and it turned out that the tracks of the Yazoo and Mississippi Valley Railroad, which locals called the Yellow Dog, crossed the tracks of the Southern Railroad in the town of Moorhead, where the musician was headed, and he put it into a song. It was, Handy later said, the weirdest music I had ever heard. That strange music was the blues. At the turn of the century, the blues was still slowly emerging. Its roots were in various forms of African-American slave songs such as field haulers, work songs, spirituals, and country string ballads. Rural music that captured the suffering, the anguish, and the hopes of 300 years of slavery and tenant farming, the blues was typically played by roaming solo musicians on an acoustic guitar, a resident piano, or a harmonica at weekend parties, picnics, and places called juke joints. In reading through the Psalms of the Bible, one finds that the laments, of which there are more than 60, rise out of the suffering, the anguish, and the hopes of the people of God. I'm convinced 
that learning some of these psalms will help us to be able to sing and speak our grief and amid our grief, whatever its source, also declare our hope in God and God's ways. In the lament psalm for today, we join with David as he laments the hypocrisy of people. Listen again to what David says at the beginning of the psalm. Verses 1 to 4 of Psalm 12. Help, O Lord, for the godly are fast disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful hearts. Lord, cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongues. They say, we will lie to our heart's content. Our lips are our own. Who can stop us? Undoubtedly, most if not all of us have heard it said about the church, it is filled with hypocrites. But let's be honest, there are hypocrites in the church. People in the world have not made up that indictment. But what are hypocrites? Here's one definition. People who say one thing and then do another. I will never forget the Monday I went into the town hall to meet with the mayor with whom I worked on the Sports and Playground Commission. As we were meeting, a commotion erupted outside his office. Someone was extremely angry and loud and wanted everyone in the building to know how he felt. As the mayor opened the door, the man behind the commotion spewed some profanities, turned toward the mayor, and then saw me. It was one of my deacons. And he had just prayed a beautiful prayer of the people in yesterday's Sunday worship. His mouth shut immediately, and he ran out of the town hall. The mayor turned to me and said, that man needs help. I agreed. I told the mayor that I knew him, and I would see what I could do. Just to complete the story, the deacon in question was waiting in my office when I returned to the church. We had a wonderful and transformative conversation. He returned to the town hall later that afternoon, along with me, and he humbly and genuinely apologized for what he had said and how he had said it. There was confession and forgiveness. But hypocrites are not only people who say one thing and then do something else. Hypocrites are also people who say one thing and do nothing. Years ago in a former church, I was pastoring a man who continually would tell the people his opinion, whether it was asked for or not. It was usually a negative opinion and divisive. It included in his comments that the church would suffer greatly if he left because of all the money he gave. I diligently tried to help him soften his stance, but to no avail. I forget the issue that caused him to finally leave the church. And I remember having concerns about the projected loss of income, but that did not happen. I found out after he was gone that he gave almost nothing to the church financially, ever. That is hypocrisy as well. It's a fancy word for lying and for making false impressions. When you enter the witness box in court, you were asked to agree with this statement. 
Do you promise to tell the, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? The truth, just what you've seen and heard. The whole truth, don't leave anything out. Nothing but the truth, do not add anything. Hypocrisy is embellishing, it is spinning, it is flattering, it is lying. In his lament, David asks God to cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongues. Then he speaks their expected response, and I will paraphrase that for us today. I can say what I want. No one can stop me. After all, we have freedom of speech. It's my First Amendment right. David pauses. He's quiet. He listens. And in verse 5, he writes, The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless. I've heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them, as they have longed for me to do. The Lord replies, My friends, prayer is a conversation with God. Get that? A conversation. It's not a monologue. It is not only me speaking. When I pray, I need to stop, and I need to listen to what God has to say. In this prayer, David leaves time for God to speak, and God does. I have seen. I have heard. I will rise up. I will do. Let me complete those phrases. I have seen the violence. I have heard the groans. I will rise up to rescue. I will do what they long for. These, my friends, are not new words from God. 654 times God speaks out in the Bible concerning the oppressed, the poor, the widow, the orphan, the captive, the naked, the blind, the foreigner, the stranger. God's ears have always listened for them. God's eyes have always watched over them. God's heart has always been for them. Listen to this. Hurting people matter to God. Are we listening? Before Jesus began his ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness. When he completed the time, he returned to his hometown. Listen. Listen to what Dr. Luke writes in his gospel. Jesus went to Nazareth, where, the, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them these words, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Luke 14, 18 through 21. Listen. Hurting people matter to Jesus. 
Are we listening? More than three years later, just prior to his crucifixion, Jesus was sitting with his disciples on the Mount of Olives just outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem. They were asking him questions about the last days, the final days. Jesus' response to them included this story. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Listen, hurting people matter. Are we listening? Do they matter to us? In his letter to the church that had scattered out of Jerusalem because of persecution, James, the half-brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem church, writes in his letter, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.22. And a short time later, he continues writing this. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James 2, 14 to 17. Listen, hurting people 
matter? Are we listening? Do they matter to us? Are we doing what God wants? After crying out to God for help and after listening to God's response, David responds in the last three verses of his song. The Lord's promises are pure, like silver refined in a furnace, purified seven times over. Therefore, Lord, we know you will protect the oppressed, preserving them forever from this lying generation, even though the wicked strut about and evil is praised throughout the land. Unlike the words of the hypocrisy, the flattering, the spinning, the embellished lies, God's words are pure, fully refined like smelted silver, no hidden agenda, no spin on what God is saying, no manipulative flattery, which is why David concludes his lament with confidence and hope, declaring that God will protect and preserve the oppressed, despite the reality that the wicked will strut about and evil will still be praised throughout the land. God does not shut the mouths of those who do and say evil, but he hears the cries of the oppressed. One of the mature benefits of lament is self-examination. And the examination question is quite simple. Do I join in the lament of David's prayer? In other words, do I share his grief about hypocrisy? Or Am I a reason this lament is being prayed? In other words, am I a hypocrite? Am I saying one thing and doing another? Or am I saying one thing and doing nothing? The cry of the oppressed is being expressed today. God hears it. Do I? The cry of the oppressed is seeable today. God sees it. Do I? God declares that he will raise up to rescue. Will I join him? His son Jesus set the example for that. Will I follow him? Really follow him? My role in life is not to live into how I was created. It is to live into how God in Christ recreated and is transforming me. I'm to become like Jesus. I'm to join Jesus in the work of hearing and seeing and rescuing the oppressed, the neglected, the rejected, the discriminated against. I pray for God's help to live into his mission, doing life his way, together with his recreated people. How I was first made has been transformed by Jesus so that I might be like him. And you too. Pray with me. Father in heaven, I am confident that your way will prosper, even though surrounded by those who strut and boast in their achievements and possessions, even though surrounded by a culture that honors possessions and place and power. Your son came into this world and he came not to overcome, but to serve. He came to heal the sick, to free the captives, to rescue the poor and the oppressed, To join with him in faith is to join his work, not merely in words, but in action. Father, this is the mission you've given to us through your son, Jesus. May we join him in prospering your way in these days.
May we be part of the solution you have for this very lost and broken world of ours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.